This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant tout bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pas de penser que c'est ton si bon miel qui m'a This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, night fans? It's Friday, January 8th. Happy New Year. On today's show, we're going to do a quick little Boca Bowl recap. Uh, Get that out of the way. Talk about the Randy Shannon contract extension that happened in February and we just found out about. Uh, We'll go over all the players that are leaving and or transferring. Little college football playoff. Mop up uh, the you know all the stuff that happened since our bowl game. Little basketball update. Had some COVID. Had a uh, little meanwhile to the West loss. We also have a good meanwhile to the West though. A big built by UCF update. Spoiler alert: Half of the NFL teams in playoffs have a UCF player for them. So that'll be interesting. And as always, money moves picks moves mailbag. Speaking of, I'm here with Money Moo UCF look to cap off its 2020 campaign with a bowl win and possibly a top 25 ranking. But those dreams were quickly turned to nightmares as BYU got off to an early 21 to nothing start and never looked back. The Knights were unable to keep up with Zach Wilson and the Cougars and were trounced 49-23 in one of the more forgettable losses of recent memory as we say goodbye to 2020. Uh, was it as bad on TV as it was in person? I think it was worse. <laughs> I still, this is, I tried to rewatch it and I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't find it on TV. I, I forgot to record it and really have no desire to look it up on YouTube. Uh, yeah, it started off, they scored, I think we had a fumble. They scored again, then they scored again, then we dropped a touchdown, and yeah, that was pretty much it. You know, with all the players we had sitting out, if you think about it, why did I bet on this game? Like, BYU, this game meant so much for. I mean, this team had been, you know, through the ringer all season. They kind of got duped by the playoff, but then they lost to Coastal Carolina. But they came in with a lot to play for. And for us, I mean, it's a three-loss season. It was a, a letdown year. We had a ton of... Not just players opting out for this game, but we lost a ton of players throughout the season, and it just makes sense when you look back at it. I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, they even ran some trick plays. Yeah, it was just bad, 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 bad. Yeah, now that I've had some time to really think about it and settle down, you know, look, it was everything for them, and we really didn't have. I mean, I feel like we did have a lot to play for. Another bowl win. We would have finished in the top 25. But oh. think about this. BYU, I've been saying all year that ever since that first game where I bet against them with Navy, you know, this team was severely underrated all season. And they were just a couple yards away from beating Coastal Carolina and this being an undefeated team with a shot with an outside shot at the playoffs. So, you know, unfortunately, we're not that good or not as good as BYU this year. And, um, you know, they got us. We got outcoached. We got pretty much ran out of the building. And it just feel like with the opt-outs and everything, 
it was too hard to overcome, you know, coming with Zach Wilson, probably a top five pick this year Stole in the, the words NFL out of draft. My mouth there. Yeah. And, you know, don't forget about that running back I told you about last episode, Tyler Algier. I think he's only a sophomore, so Great. I mean that dude can run. He ran all over Navy. Those are the only two games. Well, no, I actually I watched the Coastal Carolina game. So I watched the Navy game, Coastal Carolina, and then our game. And you know BYU had a really good team. My mentality pregame was like, look, this is a top sixteen team. We could salvage the season here with an upset, creep into the top twenty five. Like I was looking at all the the positive reasons, but then you know like. Like I said before, you look at the bigger picture. We were just trying to put the season behind us, and I kind of missed that mindset. And nothing against the players. I'm sure they all tried hard, but it was just like, you know, the opt-outs, uh, the people going to the NFL, uh, just you know, the season in general. You know, this was a, a vacation for them to Florida. This is a bus trip for us. You know, Utah to Florida, big deal. Uh, I'm kind of like the Cure Bowl back in 16, you know. They were just amped up for it for it and you know for us it was a six and six season kind of a letdown and we're just like blah we came out and uh pooped the bed but it is what it is on to next year i I don't know what else to say yeah it did feel a little similar to the curable like just the moment wasn't big enough for us um you could just feel it you could feel it from the first touchdown by byu you could see it not blaming the players, but you could just you could see the energy, not just the players on the sideline, but the crowd just wasn't there. But it's okay because, I mean, would it have been nice to win? Obviously. Does it matter? Not really. So let's turn the page. It's 2021. And also, I just want to touch on the defense. They were reeling ever since, you know, we put up a decent fight against Cincinnati. But, um, you know, that last game that they played, USF, very depleted. Um, in the secondary, even more depleted in this game. Um, it's just, it's tough to do it with a all underclassmen in the secondary. I agree. And uh, so speaking of the defense, this, this report just came out, you know, within the last week about Randy Shannon. He got a contract extension in February, which interesting timing. I guess that's right before we knew COVID was going to be a thing. Um. Bad luck, poor timing. What are the details of that extension? So I don't think it was a secret because I'm reading an article that was dated February 11, 2020. So it might just be, you know, more in the now news um, of his contract. But basically, he's now the high or in February, he became the highest paid group of five coach or highest paid group of five assistant coach or coordinator um, salaries a million dollars a year the previous high salary mark for a group of five coordinator was only 500,000 so we're paying him twice as much as the next guy co-offensive coordinator of Houston and what do we get for that money well UCF finished 123rd out of 127 teams in total defense in FBS this year. I mean, all right, so one, heading into this year, we all loved Randy Shannon. And two, I, I can't remember where I'm at on the whole Randy Shannon thing, fire him, whatever. But now that I've had some time to kind of just 
clear my brain of UCF football. I'm reflecting back on the season. And we pretty much, besides like Richie Grant and maybe a lineman or a linebacker, we don't have anyone left that was supposed to be a starter going into this year. Clearly, we didn't have DBs that were up to our level. I mean, that that was just evident. You know, we went from Tay Gowan, Gowan Island, A-Rob, Bam Moore possibly was, was going to be back. I mean, those are guys that can cover and make a play. And I didn't see very many plays made by by the guys that filled in. And it's not their fault. They're young, whatever. But, I mean, we were just decimated. And I, I don't know if that scheme, talent, I'm not good at it. I'm a fan. I watch football. I, I say what I see. I'd like to. So you're defend. You're going on the record right now as to defending Shannon. I, no, is I, that what I'm hearing you say? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I don't know if it's his fault. I'm not educated enough to know it's his fault. But the chips are stacked against him this season. That's what I'm saying. And I mean, why would he just randomly suck? Is that- it random though? Well, it's either that or he just lost a bunch of talent. It's one of the two. Like he didn't just forget how to coach defense. I don't think he was the greatest, but he was pretty good before. And we stopped some pretty good teams, I think. So I, I don't know. The important thing is, or not important, but the main point is it doesn't matter. He's got this contract extension. We can't buy him out. We can't buy Hypo out. So I think we just got to support these guys. And maybe it took me all season to figure this out. And I'll probably still call for someone's head in the next season. But we're stuck with these guys. So either... Get with them or get lost. I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I think it's made been made pretty clear that <laughs> these guys are <laughs> these guys are going to be here for a couple years. And I think the bigger thing is I hope they get along, or else it's going to be very very awkward over the next couple years. Because if I'm Shannon, I'm pointing my finger at Hypo saying, "Hey, you guys, you know, run up the score, but then you keep giving a, keep giving the ball back on these, you know, thirty second three and outs. How many times can we stop?" Their offense, of course they're going to score. And if I'm hypo, I'm like, you know, you keep blowing these leads at the end of the game. We score a bunch of points and you can't hold them. What the heck's your problem? So it ends up being that Spider-Man meme thing where they're pointing at each other. That's one of my favorites, actually. Yeah, it's like, hey, who's... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, really, what what can we do? We got. It just doesn't make sense to me that we're paying that much money. I, maybe well, we got a bad deal. Well, but here... what was it? I would love to know... You know, we had a good defense, I would say. It's hard. It's hard. I, I don't know what else, what Dude, else to say. We lost. Because, all- yeah, you're right about the 30-second three and outs. And, yeah, we've won a lot of close games in 17 and 18. But, you know, some of those games were, I mean, look at the Memphis 2018 Conference Championship. You can't really say we stopped them. <laughs> No, but we didn't stop scoring at least. And, you know, here's the thing. Here, here's my Randy Shannon defense. If I'm Randy Shannon, I'm like, dude, look, all of our losses, we were up two scores, and not only did the defense give up points, but the offense stopped scoring. So it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? The Shannon or the So hype? the only way that the defense can stop them is if we continue to score. Well, they usually stop them early in games, and then the offense sputters late, and the defense eventually, they're gassed, and they can only stop them so many times. I don't know. Well, what about Memphis this year? We score freaking 49 points and still lose. Well, we also 
gave up a you know 14 point lead with like five minutes left and the offense had the ball at one point and gave it back to him with 30 seconds the defense was on the field for the last five minutes uh, you could All go right. you... so I, I think I think the answer to this is we got a lot of stuff to work on so I, I think this year coming up to sum this up I think both guys are at fault and we're we're going to have them we're not stuck with them we're gonna have them for at least the next year or two. So I guess we got to support them. I don't know. I mean, apparently, you know, complaining on Twitter doesn't work. So go hype, go Shannon, go Knights. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So that leads us into think, kind of thinking about next year. I know we have a lot of guys that have recently announced that they are leaving the program. Actually, that makes it sound bad. They're going to the NFL draft. They have every right to. I mean, most of them are seniors anyway, and it's like, you don't really want that extra year of eligibility. I mean, uh, no offense to anyone that decides to stay, but these guys have been here for four years. McCray, Otis, Jacob Harris, Richie Grant. I mean, yeah, they could stay for next year, but what's that going to do? They're going to risk injury. It's one year older, especially running backs. They only go to about 29-30 at best anyway. And what else could McCray and Otis do on the field for us? They have nothing left to prove. So... Even though they have an extra year, I, people are like reading way into this and being like, oh, you know, they're leaving because of hype, because of the coach, whatever. I mean, they have nothing left to prove. They've done it for four years. They've done it well. The tape's not going to change. It's time for them to try and get to the next level, you know? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So there's a lot of pieces of, of this team that are not going to be here next year. We did learn this afternoon that wide receiver Josiah Cradle will be entering the transfer portal. That leaves us extremely thin at wide receiver next year. Although we do have some incoming junior college transfers that I'm excited about. We've done well with the JUCOs in the past. We have two guys in the ESPN JUCO top 50. Is there even that many good Juco players? I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but we got to take what we can get. All right, so all the dumb rumors and conspiracy theories about the seniors that we're going to leave anyway leaving are silly, but cradle leaving kind of makes me raise an eyebrow. I mean, he was. Yeah, he got some for pl- sure. He got some playing time, and he's only behind who Flash and O'Keefe, I think. He's not even really behind him. Not behind him, but like those are the only competition. And uh, I mean, I'm not worried about you know the next man up because we're always chock full of talent at the skill position on the offensive side of the ball. But it just makes me wonder why. You know, you can speculate all you want. I mean, it could be a family thing. It could be you, you never know. So wish him the best, and uh, I wish he stayed. But you know, also thank him for his contributions uh, while he was here. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, we really haven't had that many people transfer, like, on their own. I guess, you know, people that have had significant playing time wouldn't call his playing time significant, but, you know, what was he, a freshman or a sophomore? I mean, he was just behind so much talent that anywhere you transfer, unless it's somewhere, you know, a smaller group of five or a D2, you're really not going to play. One other person that popped up, this is probably the first time in college football history that this has happened, and we're still not sure of the details, but 
Parker Boudreaux has announced his, I don't even know what it's called, wrestling career beginning, uh, <laughs> transfer into the wrestling portal. Uh, I, I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Because isn't the WWE, like, aren't they headquartered in, in Orlando? Yeah, and the guy that's like the manager for Brock Lesnar had been hinting at it. Parker was hinting at it. And then he said in some interview with some random Spanish wrestling magazine, which I had to use Google Translate to figure out, he said that he would be wrestling, um, I guess, starting this year. He couldn't give out any details which league it was, but he did confirm that. Now, think about this, though. That doesn't necessarily mean he's done with football. Because of the name, image, likeness thing, he can make money doing whatever he wants. Now, that would mean the coaches have to be, one, okay with it, and two, he still wants to play football. Now, he played, like, two snaps this season, so I can't imagine that he's, like, super ready to go back to football. And honestly, if he's got a career lined up after this, I mean, you got to look for life after football because 99% of college players don't make it to the NFL, and even if they do, the average career is two years. If you've got something good out there, you got to take it. And I think that's what he's doing. Again, I'm just speculating, but I think that's what he's doing. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him back in a UCF uniform, but at the same time, you know, uh, bird in the hands, we're two in the bush, right? So, Absolutely. No, I think that'll be cool. It, it's uh, something, you know, people have always talked about, that he looks like Brock Lesnar. So, but, <laughs> uh, All right, I want to go to the rumor mill where – Late last week, we had a wonderful little sketch picture somebody posted of Will Muschamp with some black and gold and the UCF logo behind him saying that he was going to be our new defensive coordinator. And everyone went crazy, thought it was real, because of course it was on the internet. So uh, do you have any other info about that, or was it just a sick joke? So the first thing I do when I see something like that is I do a Twitter search for it, and I Twitter search Will Muschamp UCF, and I all I found was, were tweets from like 2014 or 2015 from when he got, I think, fired at UF, and people were speculating. Actually, MD Knight was one of the tweets. <laughs> so shout out to our number one listener. But no, there's, there's no truth or, or substance behind that. And also, one, we couldn't afford him, and two, he's probably going to get like a, like a USF type, you know, G5 head coaching position, or he'll be like the defensive assistant for Nick Saban or something like that. Uh, but, you know, I'm all for riling up the uh, the internet with stuff like that. So whoever made that meme, thank you, because there was nothing else going on that day. And it uh, made for some interesting banter on the internet. But since we're on other college news, not UCF related, college football playoff, Obviously, that was announced. It was number four, Notre Dame, versus number one, Alabama. Everyone got upset on the internet, and then rightfully so, Notre Dame lost their eighth consecutive NY6 or college football playoff game since the BCS, so they're now 0-8. And even though the score, even though they covered, which actually, funny story, so I went to a Notre Dame wedding on New Year's Eve. The groom went to Notre Dame. And half of his wedding gift was I put a hundred bucks on Notre Dame plus twenty two, so he got two hundred instead of one hundred. Um, hey, but yeah, the score was closer than the game was. That was a blowout. 
reform the college football playoff. No one wants to see the same four teams every year. Even if they're the best teams, whatever that means, why not have eight games or, or ten games and give the people by like just we want more football is what it comes down to. And finally the narrative nationally in the media has shifted towards expansion. So I think in a year or two we're gonna see something different. Uh what do you think? Yeah, I would agree. It's really not about, you know, you watch the NCAA basketball tournament and you don't think that like Loyola Marymount is going to win the whole thing, but you watch it because they have a chance. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's much, the upsets are much easier, I think, in, in basketball a lot of the time. But so here's what it comes down to. Okay. Before the four-team playoff, the bowl games were super important, even the smaller ones, right? And then after a couple years of the playoff, people started sitting out for the NY6 games. Auburn wasn't motivated. And it's kind of true. Like, if you're not in the playoff, it's kind of not that big of a deal. And it's going to continue on that path. So what do we do to fix that? Make more playoff games. A 16-team playoff with games on separate nights, everyone would watch every single game. It's a no-brainer. And what does this all come back to? It comes back to money. No one's watching these bowl games anymore. Why not make a 16-team playoff? Everyone's going to watch the games and cha-ching, money. But the problem is is that the big conferences and the big schools don't want that because they have a monopoly on everything right now. Yeah, and... I just want to reiterate how hard it is to go undefeated in college football. Let's take it again. The two top 25 teams, Cincinnati, had the chance to be an NY6 undefeated team. Lost. Just run the ball. Run the ball. And maybe... Coastal Carolina had the same chance. Hold on. Maybe before, you know, you're trying to run the clock out, maybe don't snap the ball with 10 and 12 seconds left. I don't know. That's uh, Josh Heupel School of Clock Management. Anyway. Coastal Carolina going down. That was a heartbreaker. And what, then even what happened in that game? Maybe just score the touchdown when you're on the two-yard line. I don't know. And then San Jose State, the sleeper, even though they were only played seven games, even they lost to Ball State. So officially there was no undefeated teams left in college football, except the, Alabama and Ohio the State. The playoff teams, yeah. Dang, that's what that means it's, there's going to be It's kind of like the, you know, 72 Dolphins thing where, you know, once Cincinnati lost, it's like, ah, oh, we can pull out the cigar, UCF, <laughs> yeah. the only undefeated national champion. So I was, um, I mean, I was, I was rooting for Cincinnati, but also happy that they didn't win because, like you said, it's just us. So, and you know, I know. I know what Cincy would have did. Their cocky butts would have came out and said, "We're not claiming a national championship. We're better than that." To like yeah. as a as a shot at us, which I mean, I would have did the same thing, honestly. Well, so but, what? What we accomplished will probably never happen again. Eh. I mean, think about it. Most of the time, like the powerhouses are so good now. Like, there's always going to be an undefeated team. An undefeated champion. Yeah, but I mean, it's not that hard to run the conference. We did it twice, and almost, if Mackenzie Milton doesn't get hurt, we would have beat LSU in that bowl. So, 
But yeah, I guess those teams are special, and that's different. Yeah, it'll never happen again. Anyways, a couple years, we're going to have an 18 playoff, so it won't. All right. I think we're done. We're putting the putting the lid on the 2020 right. football season. 2020 season, done. Do you want to do 2021? Little little preview real quick? I mean, quickly, we can. All right, the, quickly, uh, quickly. We won't do like our full breakdown, which we'll do like eight no. times before next season. Anyway. <laughs> Um, looking at the just the season games, looking at the schedule. Obviously, Boise State is going to be one of the best games of the year. Are you going to go to that? I mean, yeah, it's at home. Ah, but you know what else is that day? What Notre Dame at Florida State? Oh, yeah, well, I know, man. I know. Maybe dude, the tickets are going to be so expensive. Uh, I got a guy. And who up knows there. if they're gonna? Who knows if they're gonna have full capacity? You know the Notre Dame people will pay anything. Yeah, no, I was already looking at tickets. It's like 400 for nosebleeds. I don't know, man. Might be a bad UCF fan, but I'd really like to see Mackenzie Milton his first start back. I'm sorry. I go to enough UCF games. I don't know, though. Well, maybe it'll be like a college kickoff game, and it'll be like on a Thursday or something. Well, that's what I was thinking, especially because it's us in Boise. That's got Friday night or Thursday night written all over it. We're not yeah, gonna compete. For sure. We're not gonna compete with the other games. All right, so not worried about that. We've also got some good away games at Louisville. Uh, well, Papa John's revenge game. I don't. I don't know who who's getting revenge. I don't know me for for crappy pizza <laughs> on the cheeseburger papadilla. <laughs> Louis, Louis, Louisville's a cool city though. At Cincinnati, eh, hard pass. At Navy, never been there. That'd be a cool one. At SMU. So I just went to Dallas actually for the first time. Best city in America. It might be recency bias, but I really, really liked it there. Um, and then rounding out the schedule at Temple, eh, Philly, Big Ben, whatever. I liked Philly. Wait, is it the Liberty Bell or Big? No, <laughs> it's Liberty Bell. <laughs> oh my God! Did well, you say no. Big Ben. I we've been to Big Ben is London. <laughs> Geography probs. Hold on, but the Liberty. Oh, the Liberty Bowl. Okay. Why is it called the Liberty Bowl? It's in Bowl? Memphis. Why is it called the Liberty Bowl and the logo is a giant bell? That's now that's confusing. a good question. That's a good question. Geography props. Surprise segment. <laughs> Walking on Memphis. Hey. <laughs> Didn't work out this year. Actually, I'm... All right. Yeah. <clears throat> so quickly, player you're most excited for in 2021? Ooh. Caught me off guard here. Did not see this on our... Uh, episode outline but let me think really it could be quick. offense or defense just a wild card somebody you see that you saw a little bit of potential in this year but next year they're going to be a strong candidate for player of the year i gotta go with johnny rockets johnny richardson man dude's got wheels and i think he's the future of our backfield obviously bentavious is going to take on a more leading role but I think, you know, Johnny Rockets is the man to watch for. Great burgers, by the way. Yeah, that'll be pretty interesting because we use a stable of running backs. And now, you know, with two of them gone, it's like, can Bentavious take over the feature back role? Or is it going to be another stable with Johnny Richardson and Demarius Good and possibly, you know, a transfer? We don't know. That could so. be a great name, image, likeness opportunity. The, uh, Johnny Rackets 50 burger of the game or something like that. Oh yeah. Not cheating on first watch though. That's a dinner place. So <laughs> love me a two for Moo. Uh who's your uh breakout player of twenty twenty one? 
Got to be on the defense, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste. Oh, yeah. He was my breakout player for this past year. However, with COVID. Roll it over. Roll it over. Um, Tatum Bethune was another one. I think I I think I did pretty well uh, picking him for this year. Was a good, strong defensive player. Jean Baptiste, though, I think is the one who can improve the most. But Tatum Bethune hits like a max truck. And uh, I guess I kind of picked two, but whatever. Those are my two that I'm excited to watch next year. Do you think you could buy a Mack truck from the used car salesman, Joshua Seliscar? Because that would be my pick for defense. Oh, yeah. See what yeah, I did I forgot there? about him. Oh, speaking of Mack, by the way. Wow. This is like eight things colliding. Daryl Mack transferring to Old Dominion, where he's going to get a great starting opportunity and a chance to really showcase his skills against some, I don't know, not – Talented teams as uh, not conference, dude. Conference USA is pretty decent. Oh, they're Conference USA. I thought they were. They're in a no. different basketball conference, I think, which throws me. No, off. no. Yeah, they're they're in Conference USA. Oh, here's I know the nothing. thing. Here's the thing, though, about Mac. Like, obviously, I'm proud of him for you know being able to come back from his injury. Um, the you know, just finding championship, finding a place to start. But you got to think, like that was two years ago now he really hasn't had any meaningful snaps in over two years so what kind of playing ability does he still have you know the talent's still there um but when you're away from the game for that long he'll be fine man with how much he ran over memphis that one game he'll do fine against fiu and fau that's what i'm saying the sample size marshall but great though all right, Sean, quickly Googling Conference USA, who's in it, <laughs> question mark. Who, me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marshall? Where you got me. Well, yeah, anyway. So, no, I'm happy for Mac. I really hope he does well. Alex Harris also transferring while we're on the subject. Stay tuned. Eyes emoji. All right. Ooh, last thing to wrap up. I know we were talking about the playoff before. The national championship, Alabama versus Ohio State. Surprise upset, in my opinion, over Clemson. Trevor Lawrence can't win the big game. Justin Fields looked pretty good. Uh, What are your overall thoughts on this national championship game, which is supposed to be, I think, Monday, but might get delayed because of COVID. Who knows? Well, if you had asked me earlier, it was not a surprise to me as I was on Ohio State. Of course, I was too scared to take the money line. But, um, yeah, it was one of those picks where it was a, a national TV recency bias. Everyone and their mom saw, you know, Ohio State struggle mightily uh, against little Northwestern. So how could they possibly show up to beat Big Bad Clemson? That's what Vegas wants you to think. Huge recency bias. Big national TV game. That's why all the Sharps were on Ohio State including myself, and uh, they outdid themselves, though, because I didn't think they had it in them. But um, Justin Fields, I I don't know. It, he Maybe Trevor Lawrence isn't the clear-cut number one overall. Psych. I would be <laughs> seriously looking at Justin Fields. Kid's a star. Needs to learn how to slide, though. He takes a lot of unnecessary hits when he's running. But um, he's I mean, a big dude. He likes contact. He likes to kind of run over defenders but 
Anyway, you know he stays- was. We were in his top three when he transferred from Georgia. Mm. And then uh, also imagine this. Uh, what was that Georgia quarterback's name? He sucked. Jake Fromm. Oh he yeah, went, like the Jake fourth Fromm round. Went to Wa- and then he went to Washington, and yeah, yeah, right. No, he just played for Georgia and then was drafted in the fifth round by the Bills last year. Oh, but yeah, no, that imagine was right. forcing that was out Jacob just, e- that was yeah, Jacob Eason, Jacob Eason sorry. yeah. But imagine forcing out Justin Fields for Jake Fromm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, national championship game. I mean, stay tuned. You got the Heisman. Might, might be in the money moves picks later. You got the Heisman Heisman winner, Devontae Smith. You know, 175-pound receiver that had like two or three touchdowns pretty much every game this season. Well-deserved. Congrats to him. We can talk more about the game during the picks. Let's move on. Let's do a little basketball update. Oof. Uh, what games have happened since the last show? There was one before. It was Houston. Houston. Uh, that was one of the worst games I've ever watched on both sides. We had 19 turnovers still. We're down like three with two minutes left and Houston kind of ran away with it a little bit. Look, this team's new. I think they're still meshing. I think we've got a lot of potential as we head in, you know, in a couple months, the conference tournament, but obviously not what we want to see. I don't, is it a good thing or a bad thing that you shoot like crap from three, turn the ball over 19 times and only lose by eight. Or is it like they gave you all these opportunities and you still stunk? So I, you can spin it any way, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. We and, lost. Yeah. And then... It just seems so promising. Here's the other thing. is like the expectations for this year were n- not that high. I understand we had a lot of talent transferring into the program. However the bar was not set very high for this year before our win against Florida state. I think in the preseason we were picked to finish like seventh or eighth yeah, in the some, conference. Something like that middle to low middle. So then all of a sudden, you know, we get stomped on by Michigan and Florida state has an off game and we beat them. They're a top 25 team. Then all of a sudden, like our fan base is like, Oh, that, that's the new bar. We should just beat every top 25 team. And we got like, well, three no, AP we're votes, still, so yeah, we're still trying to gel clearly as, uh, we lost to Houston. I mean, Houston's a top five team in the country, but we hung with know, them. But the, here's the thing. Did we hang with them or did they just play like crap? You can look at it either way, you know? I mean, college basketball is not like football. I mean, you can lose to shitty teams like all the time and still be a top 10, top 5 team. Yeah, I wouldn't say all the time. But that, but I get loss, what you're saying. that loss to USF, though, was <sighs> poor. A poor showing. Now, granted, we didn't have our freshman phenom, Isaiah Adams, who's one of the stars in the team. But... Other players have to step up. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that didn't uh, happen. Look, it's still early. And here's the best thing about college basketball, and I say this every year. No matter what happens, we still have a chance to play in the conference tournament and win the championship and get a spot in March Madness. And that's the beauty of a sport that has a fair playoff system. There's well, like, if we want to get in the tournament in March Madness, we better start winning. Because no. right now... According to RPI, right now we are a borderline NIT team. Who cares? We win the conference tournament. We could lose every game until the conference tournament. 
not saying obviously that probably won't happen if we lose every game we'll probably lose the first game but it's cool that the possibility is always there no matter how bad your regular season is it's awesome so anyway uh we just need to do better yada 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 fire dawkins no um (laughs) then our our next two games our next i I know it's not funny to me our next (laughs) our next (laughs) wait 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 hold on it's not funny to me all right. You literally say that like every other season. Yeah, yeah, I know. Every right. other game. Whatever. So much so that like when I type Fire Dawkins into my phone, it autocorrects to like that every other letter is capital. Oh, I thought it was going to autocorrect to, to hypo. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway, our next two games we actually didn't lose because of COVID. Memphis game canceled. Tulsa game canceled. Um, but since we were talking about USF, real quick little meanwhile to the West – Hate to get political here, but did you see the guy that stole the podium? I did. He went to Real USF. Hairy guy. Not not a good look. Of course. Not, not a good a look. Good look. And again, not representative of them as a whole, but it's freaking funny. <laughs> it's funny, man. I uh, we'll just get a couple good memes yeah, and tweets out of it. I just it, I put a good one out, like a story and four things. Uh anyway, that's a little meanwhile to the West. Um. All right. Built by UCF update. Yeah, let's go to built by UCF. Sometimes we save this for the end, but like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we've got seven players, or we've got seven teams with UCF players on their roster for the playoffs. Some have multiple. Um, I'm gonna go down the list, and then we can talk a little bit about how they finished the season. We've got Gabe Davis on the Bills, captain of the Browns, Charlie Hewlett. Man, I hope the COVID thing doesn't make them lose. But either way, it's a win-win for UCF guys because Matty Wright is the kicker for the Steelers, and he's 8-for-8 on the season, and he's been drilling them right down the middle. We've also got the Griffin Bros, obviously, for Seattle. Actually, you know what? I put Matt Prater on this list, and they're obviously not in the playoffs. So we only have six out of of 14. But Matt Prater might be the best kicker in NFL history. Uh, You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, he drilled a 53-yard field goal this past weekend. Even though the Lions didn't make the playoffs, he now holds the record for the most 50-yard field goals in NFL history. Matt Prater, Hall of Fame, first ballot. He has my vote, and if al- I had one. And also, he got free beer for like all of Detroit. They had the thing with him versus the Denver kicker who could kick the longest field goal in a season, McManus, and... With that kick, he won. So, shout out Matt Prater. 239, boy, actually. Represent. Also, we've got, like I said, Matty Wright on the Steelers. The Saints with, you know, the Tay Train. And, unfortunately, Traquan Smith out with an injury. And then, the boat. Signed to the Rams. Practice. Or, no. Signed to the Rams to be the backup. He might be on the practice squad this week. Depends on if Jared Goff can suit up. But, if not, he will be QB2. And you never know. Could you imagine a Blake Bortles playoff win? Not I obviously don't want anyone to get injured, but if something happened to happen, maybe Dude, a little COVID. he could be like this year's Nick Foles. Dude, build a statue. Build the statue. <laughs> it's cra- it's not that crazy. He is one injury or COVID away from starting a playoff game for the first time since 2016, which is insane to think about. So Yeah. Very cool. He was so close. Also, Gabe Davis, another touchdown. Dude's an absolute baller. 
Can't wait to see him as the featured receiver, like him on one side and Diggs on the other side. Little Cole Beasley in the slot. No offense to John Brown, but, I mean, Gabe Davis is the truth. Let's be real. Yeah, he's definitely getting his playing time in, and he's fulfilling that rookie contract. And I'm telling you what, once that thing's over, he is going to get paid. paid. All right. Last up, or no, not last up. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moon. Picks of the week. All right, guys, my picks of the week. Ending in 2020 football season, 14-9-1. Overall, 1-0 since the last episode where I gave out Tulsa. I know it was a while ago. Plus 14 against Cincinnati in the conference championship. Easily covering. You almost won. Yeah, I think I was 3-0 this year with Tulsa. Not too bad. So 14-9-1. Big Tulsa guy. And ending another season. Want to quickly run down my picks over the last three years just to show you guys that I'm giving you some quality work here. All right, first season, I just went AWOL, like complete, just picked every game. Didn't know what I was doing, really. But yeah, you, guys you had like me, eight so. picks per week. I can't even believe we finished the episodes <laughs> without me falling asleep. So season one, I was 45 and 33. Season two, more forgettable at 17 and 23. Yeah, Ouch, that, that didn't loser. count. COVID. This season, 14, 9, and 1. That gives you a total of 76, 65, and 1. Over the past three years, 54% overall. They say that if you're hitting 55%, you're an expert. So I'm one less. Almost expert money moo. I'll take it. Yeah. So. No, hey, this is just for fun anyway. So good job. That's actually really good. Most people that, not saying you're not an expert, but just most people that gamble in general lose a lot. So, What's the general public, like 48%? Well, I mean, I could get some real stats for you, but just in general, <laughs> people aren't over 50%. Uh, we'll leave it at that. All right. All right so Excellent. do you have a pick this week? I do. Mm. And there's only one game. So I'm going to go out on a limb here because I couldn't really figure out couldn't really get a good handicap on this game for who I thought was going to win. So I'm going to do a first ever total pick on Alabama and Ohio State. If I had a small lean, I would take Ohio State because I think it's still plus eight and a half. Alabama looks crazy good, but uh, eight and a half points. I could see Ohio State battle to the end, but I'm actually going to take the under in this game. Total when I took it was 75. Look, this is too obvious of a pick for the over. You get the general public coming, oh, Alabama, they could score whatever. Yeah. Oh, Ohio State, they just put up 40-some points on Clemson. It's literally exactly what I was just thinking. <laughs> Give me the over. So that's what Vegas wants you to think. Yeah. Ohio State defense playing extremely well, even though they were toe-to-toe with Northwestern. They still held them to, I think, 20-some points. They had Clemson all shook up. These are two stellar coaches in Nick Saban, Ryan Day. Possible COVID implications as well. Better for the under. Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian already hired to be the Texas head coach. He will be coaching in the game 
but his head is clearly not there. This all plays to the under of 75, so that's the pick. And the final one for this season, Alabama and Ohio State under 75. All right. I like it. Uh, Oh, you know what? All right. This is where we normally recap, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut in here. I don't do this. Uh, I haven't done NFL picks since our our first podcast when everyone oh, – we, we, we asked for feedback and everyone was like, don't talk about NFL picks. No one cares. This is a college football podcast. So we listen. But, you know, a little different times right here. I've got four NFL locks. I'm going to parlay them all together. Shawnee B's NFL locks of the week are back on a temporary basis until I lose. So I've got the Bills money line, Rams money line, Ravens money line, and Browns money line. I'm going to bet them all individually and then parlay it. $100 wins $15.92. So I'm going to bet on each one and then parlay them all. And if this hits, I expect a 10% tip. Just saying. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm only going to agree with Browns bills because I think the Ravens suck. And uh-uh. what, what was your other pick? Rams? Rams. Who are they playing? The Seahawks. Oh, okay. Yeah, Seahawks suck. Well, you got to bet Rams. the Rams, dude. Blake Bortles. Yeah. I'm with you there. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I like that. And it'll be really cool if it hits because if anyone's dumb enough to listen to me, you'll actually make some money. <laughs> All, right. All right. What's next? Last up, we've got Moose Mailbag. All right, this first question is from MD Knight 2016. Do we ever see Brandon Mahan from the first three games again, or is he not a number one target kind of player? Uh, I hope so. I, I don't know. The sample size is too small. Well, he know. was on the team last year, and he showed signs of greatness, but then it's sometimes you, – you ever just see those NBA players like, oh, my God, he's unstoppable, and then – they just disappear. Lynn Sanity? Like, I don't get it. It's like the game plan should be to go to your number one scorer. And other than Isaiah Adams, I think Brandon Mahan could be our number one scorer. But for some reason, when he was on the floor, they just, like, couldn't get the ball to him. He wasn't double teamed. You know, it, it, it just, it's like the game plan wasn't there for him. And this isn't a knock on Dawkins either. I just... That's the way UCF basketball has been playing under Dawkins. Like there isn't one like bona fide score. It's kind of just been play good defense and look for open shots. Oof. That's that a, that's Houston what you asked me, game, and man. I really I don't know anything about basketball. I just watch the games, but that's my take on it. Yeah, I honestly I I don't really know. Um, if you watch the Houston game. I don't, again, this way, like, I know a little bit about football. I don't know much about basketball. It seemed like we just passed a bunch and then, like, hoped to be open, which most of the time we weren't, so that's why we turned the ball over a lot. Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, basketball is a team sport. I think we're going to build chemistry and rapport throughout the season and just continue to progress in general. So that's my answer. Okay, next question is from Todd Thrasher. How far do we go in the NCAA tournament, men and women? All right, so for the men, we're probably not going to make the tournament. I'm and, just going to say Unless it. we win the conference tournament, just saying. Unless we win the conference tournament. 
the women though i think have a good shot at making it yeah i mean they made it last did they make it two years in a row i uh, they made it last we're year. Fi- we're five and one only loss came to florida gulf coast so we're yeah, uh, so one two three three no in the conference first place just saying if you had to ask me right now who is going to make it men or women i think the women are going to make it i think the men are probably borderline nit you know which which isn't terrible we need some seniors on our team that's what we need some leadership hey you know what a young team i'll take it we'll continue to develop and get better and uh you know build some chemistry all right what do you got next all right this next one is from professor uni what will dg's draft stock and possible teams interested next year. Okay, so that's interesting. Um, I've been saying this for a while, but I'm going to mark my words here um, officially. Actually, I just oh. tweeted it too. But Hold on, marking. Dylan Gabriel, his comp coming into the draft is going to be Russell Wilson. They have the same build. I think they have the same skill set. Obviously, Russell Wilson is better right now. But Dylan Gabriel is also like 19 years old, um, so that's kind of my comp. I think I think he's gonna get a first round grade. As you've seen, this league is all about quarterbacks. As far as what team he goes to, it's kind of slim pickings. I mean, if you go down the list, the Falcons will probably need a quarterback. The Panthers, Bears, maybe, and we're talking two years from now. Lions might need someone. Uh, obviously. Box. The Bucks will need one, you know, uh, most of the Vikings, maybe most of these teams have kind of their quarterbacks of the future. Who knows what's going to happen with Tua? I don't know what the Patriots are going to do. It's tough to, it's tough to guess a team. I could go down the whole list and give a reason, but I think, uh, I think first round grade with Russell Wilson comps. That's what I think. What do you think? I can see it, but he definitely needs to work on his mobility. Not as I mean, you can't put you can't put him and Russell Wilson in the same. So I think he's got he's got the same mobility, but the ability to make plays on the run and to kind of salvage broken plays, he's nowhere near that. McKenzie was way way better, and I think that's something he's going to improve on because last season he wasn't even allowed to scramble. So this was his first real year, kind of being unleashed, allowed to run around. I think he's going to build on that, and I think he's going to end up being like a Russell Wilson comp, but we'll see. All right, last up, we've got Justin Plain Guy 04. Does a meteor, well, <laughs> a, a meteor, a meteor is going to mess up our next year. Does a mediocre 2021 season put Hypo on the hot seat going into 2022? Sounds no. weird to say. Yeah, I think we talked about this earlier. Uh, yeah, just straight up no. But look, I mean, you guys, you guys have to be prepared for the possibility of another mediocre season. I mean, look at how many stars we're losing. I understand UCF football is all about coaching up the three stars, and we get the diamonds in the rough. But we can't go into next season thinking that we're going to be thirteen and zero again. Like it, it just. Yeah, we did that it's the last two years. Yet. It worked kind of once, and then it did not work for two years. So I think we're off that. Let's just focus on going one and all. Times thirteen. Uh, all right, uh, let's wrap this up. What's new, dude? I haven't seen you in a while. Did you have a good New Year's? It was a good New Year's. Didn't really do much. That's a good New Year's when you're in your thirties, <laughs> dude. I yeah. did. I had a wedding, and I went out, and I was. It was on a Thursday night. And I was 
not feeling good till like Monday. So definitely a little jealous of uh, your inactivity. But hey, wedding was a blast. I went out. It was a blast. I just paid for it the next uh, few days. Also went to the Cowboys game after Christmas. That was fun. Oh, yeah. I saw your pictures. Those, those are great seats, by the way. Yeah. Shout out Tristan Hill for the hookup, obviously. Oh, we totally forgot, but it's been a while, but I just wanted to announce the first watch fresh take winners. Hey, yep. From the bowl game. For a while there, I was I was kind of thinking like, well, maybe what do we do if we don't score? Like who's gonna get who's gonna get the gift card? But uh anyway, no, we had this is the first time in a while we had nobody that was exactly on the dot. Um bunch of people picking Greg McRae, who I think was the overall winner for most like first touchdown score. Yeah, I had like half of them for the season. Um but anyway, the official Winning number was Greg McRae for five yards. We had two winners this week, so of course I'll be sending out two gift cards. Um, both picking Greg McRae and four yards, so close enough. First winner is at Casey Stewart, and the next winner is at UCF Football Edits. All right. Whatever that is. But uh, both of you, congratulations. Sure, he makes edits for like recruits with like their top 20. Oh, okay, tonight yeah. I'm announcing my top 15. Man, those guys really milk it. But, hey, I would do yeah. the same thing probably. For sure. So but anyway, congratulations to both of you. Please follow me if you're not. I don't know if you are. At UCF Money Moo. <laughs> no. <laughs> at well, Money Moo UCF. You know, DM me your address and I'll send you out a free $25 gift card to First Watch. Love First Watch. All right, so just wanted to talk about one of my latest eBay finds. You know, I'm always searching the searching eBay for cool UCF stuff. So I actually found this T-shirt. It was so stupid that I had to buy it. It's a teal or turquoise shirt that says UC, University of Central Florida Saxophone Boot Camp. Oof. And it has a saxophone on it. So surprise! I have no idea why I've decided to buy this, but it was such an odd piece, and it looks very retro. If I had to guess, like early '90s, late '80s. What anyway, is? Anyway, I'll put. What is saxophone boot camp like? Do they like have to run around with the saxophone, or is it like an obstacle course? I have no idea. Or do they just like no idea. do a bunch of blowing breathing exercises? But I do know this: that I'm more than likely the only person in the world that still owns this T-shirt. So well, no, I mean the, I've got that going for me. The boot camp attendees, man, was, I'm sure it's a rigorous no, dude. It's early '90s, late '80s. There's no one that kept this shirt. If I you would did, keep it. Send me a picture, dude. Of it. They made it through saxophone boot camp. That's only like the hundredth hardest boot camp to make it through. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, I don't know when I'm gonna wear it, but I own it. What's the oddest piece of UCF swag that you have? Oh, I've got this. Uh, it's like a UCF basketball shirt from 1997. It says Central Florida, but. It's a black shirt, and all the words are like basketball print, so they're like orange with dots. So it's like a UCF, oh, but okay, Halloween yeah. kind of thing. That's probably huh. one of my weirdest ones. Um, I've never seen that. Post post a picture. Of yeah, that. I will. We'll I have to do a people. We'll have to do a th- you know a thread with like everybody post your kind of odd or weird UCF stuff. I like that. There's a there's a weird shirt that I saw on eBay that I didn't buy because it's twenty bucks, but it was like. 
I don't know, Central Florida is the best, USF sucks, or FSU sucks, UF sucks, but it was from like the 90s. It was all the old logos. Uh, it's going for like 20 huh. bucks. Might have scooped that That's up. That's true. Well, I won't tell you what I paid for your saxophone boot camp shirt, but I feel like it was a good deal. All vintage shirts are <laughs> worth like 20, 25 bucks, so I mean, I'm oh, sure yeah, it was somewhere around sure. there. But dude, here's a all trick. Right. If you just put it on your watch list, they always make you an offer for like five or 10 bucks less because they know the odds of them selling it are pretty slim. Yeah. Dude, that's eBay for rookies. Yeah. Anyway. Come on, bro. All right. What else you got? Uh, next in news, I won second place in fantasy. My second top two finish, a.k.a. I won last year. Um, hey. <laughs> so anyway, won a couple bucks for that. Congrats. Also, I, I finished wondering... Hey, I finished on a two-game win streak. Just saying, 2-11. Bada bing. Hey. All right. So I was kind of wondering this earlier. Like, you're, How many times do we start a show or somewhere in the show you say you're at a wedding? So I want to know, really, like, what's the wedding counter at? This year or ever? No, just, like, total. I'll have to go through my Instagram. I'm at, I went to three this last year. I think. I mean, I've, you had to have gone to weddings before Instagram, too. Like, did you? I don't know. I've, I've had Instagram Are you since, only like, going 2012. To Are you only going to weddings to post on Instagram? That's more of the – No. Or could be more of the question. It's not that at all. Look, Instagram is, like – it's, like, your social resume. It's like, hey, here's what I do. I'm not weird. You know, it goes on your dating profile. So weddings are some of the most, you know, you're cleaned up. They're great pictures. It's like, hey, I have friends. I go to weddings. So I'll probably have to, <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's a wedding I've been to where I didn't post a picture. Maybe 20, uh, 15, I don't know. Seems like it's more than that. But so anyways. it's been, it. so I went through the phase where like you, Pav, Lil, that's what I call the college sweetheart phase. Around 25, 26, the people that were dating in college are finally getting married. Now I'm at the stage where all my friends that I partied with at 25, 26 are getting married. That's like the second wave of marriages. So those are the people. You so know, are you in the third? You're in the third wave? Hopefully. <laughs> Might be the f- fourth round. I might have to get the vaccine by then. No. <laughs> fourth round pick. Uh, no, so I'm, I'm in the second wave. Oh yeah. So I've got, I've got one in Italy and when I got the invite, this is in, it's going to be in September in Italy. Hopefully when I got the invite, I'm like, wow, I'm officially like an adult. Like I watched friends growing up and I saw the London wedding. I'm like, wow, who has a London wedding? Like that's, they must be like real adults. And now I've got one in Italy. So I'm like, crap, I'm actually a real grown up person with friends that can, I don't know, do and plan stuff like that. So Italy Unbelievable. wedding. Shout out Aaron Gentry and Emily. Congrats. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, drinking a bunch of vino and celebrating your guys' happiness. All right. Last thing. Cryptocurrency. Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin. Has hit 40,000. Buy or sell? Buy. I think it's down to like 30. Dude, it went up and down like 3,000 during this podcast. Oh, That's M- insane. MDT with a lot of screenshots. All right. Nope. 38. We must be missing out. Oh, 38 again. It, right. it goes up and down like a couple thousand, which is only a couple percent now. It's not like it right. went from when it went from 9 to 10. And, oh, up 11%. All right, let's wrap this up. I know you got to go. All right, props the Bitcoin buy call of 38,000. We'll have to remember that. I bought, it at tw- hey, I bought it at 29. Didn't look bad. Stay tuned. <laughs> we'll keep you posted next episode. Like I said, we're going to line up a bunch of awesome guests. Thank you for listening. Follow us on social. Tell a friend. Leave a review. Or don't do anything. Thank you for listening, though. Love you guys. Go Knights. Charge on.
Contamination. Contamination. <laughs>